0: what is up y'all welcome back to another episode of the through my eyes podcast of course i'm your host nick and ladies and gentlemen the reason i've been on a little hiatus as of recent is because i've been just collecting all the information i can getting all the stats watching the game taking in the plays and actually understanding the game a little bit more so With all that said, let's get into today's podcast and the theme of today's podcast is obviously the winners of the conference finals because I did do a quick conference finals review, but it it was really just a quick overview synopsis, not really me going down, getting into the nit and gritty of those playoff series the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals respectively. So, <laughs> again, with all that said, let's get into it. First off, Warriors versus Mavericks. This series was entertaining. And I know the Warriors pretty much gentlemen swept the they not pretty much. They did gentlemen sweep the Dallas Mavericks, but it was in an entertaining series nonetheless. The Mavericks throughout these playoffs proved me wrong proved nba fans wrong proved md nba casuals wrong proved the phoenix suns wrong they proved a lot of people wrong even throughout this whole season uh jason kidd i'm just so happy that he got another chance at being a head coach in this league because he really deserves it he completely changed the culture over there in dallas they have the same team that they had last year, except they traded Porzingis for Dinwiddie. And when that trade happened, I was shook. Um, I know Porzingis is injury prone. He's been injured since he's been in the league. And that's about like, what, five years now he's been in the league since 2017, I believe. Or 2018. And yeah, he's been injured his, his whole career. Um, so I understand the move made by the Mavs to get Spencer Dinwiddie another ball handler because... As we all know, the Mavs really just run their offense through Luka Doncic. And having another ball handler that can take some of the pressure off Luka is always beneficial. But that wasn't really their game plan in some of these games. It looked like Luka maybe just didn't follow the game plan and was just going solo out there. And that's not going to win against the Golden State Warriors. Andrew Wiggins played great defense on Luka Doncic. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, it's it's not because of that. Andrew Wiggins didn't play. Yeah, he did. He played pretty solid defense. Even though Luka Doncic dropped 30 points, eight uh, assists, shot a pretty good field goal percentage, he still played good defense, shutting him down the simple fact that they didn't end up winning the series. And... Jalen Brunson also had a very outstanding series. He played well throughout these whole playoffs. And he's most likely going to get the bag this year. The Mavericks money situation is looking a little iffy this summer. Because they're most likely going to make a big move to acquire Bradley Beal. A Zach Levine. I've seen uh, the Zach Levine trade um, rumors around there. Around uh, social media. Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert. Because we all know the Utah Jazz situation is a complete shit show. So, Luka could get a lot of... Not a lot, but there's a lot of options out there for the Dallas Mavericks. But they're a little tight on money. And they have not gone over the salary cap since, I believe, like 2013 or something like that. Something crazy since they won the championship. So, we'll see if they end up doing that again. They have... Kleba on the books, Finney Smith, and Luka Doncic, and Dwight Powell. They most likely will move on from a Dwight Powell this offseason. I could potentially see them moving on from Maxi Kleba, but Maxi Kleba has developed a jump shot, a very consistent one at that, and he played all right through these playoffs. Some games, he just wasn't the paint presence that they needed him to be, but that's just not his game. And the Warriors just really exposed that. The Warriors were taking it to the paint all series versus the Mavericks. And that's one thing that they're most likely going to touch on in the off season is getting a rim protector, getting a big man, a consistent big man that can pull down boards, block shots, and just be a nuisance at the rim for opposing teams because that was one of their biggest problems against the Warriors. The Warriors could just get anything on them in the paint uh easy cuts to the basket is what the warriors thrive on back cuts to the basket Draymond at the top of the key Steph or Clay cutting to the basket or Wiggins that's just the play they run constantly and it's foolproof against a Dallas Mavericks team that has no big man, no real paint presence. That's what they're doing with them all game, just abusing them on it. And yeah, there was just no shot for them to win the series. How surprised and like like I said earlier that they even took down Phoenix, and they really exceeded Dallas. Really exceeded expectations this year. They played great basketball throughout the playoffs, and they just were not as good as a team as the Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors um, have an elite coach, and Steve Kerr, Jason Kidd, is an elite coach in his own right, but he's not at the level of Steve Kerr, who's been coaching for a little while longer has the championship rings to back it up as a player and as a coach. So the Warriors aren't going anywhere. As we all know, they're in the NBA Finals. So with uh, me done talking about that series, let's get into Boston versus Miami. Now this series went to game seven, as we all know. It was a very entertaining series throughout. It could have gone either way. Personally, I wanted Miami to come on top. I know throughout this whole year, I've been talking about the Boston Celtics. Even when they are losing, I was on the Boston, Boston Celtics bandwagon. And it's funny because I'm a Lakers fan. And what Lakers fan is going to sit here talking of the Boston Celtics? But it's funny. My previous podcast, like I did a list, teams to look at, I think about a couple weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, I put out a podcast, teams to look out for. And the Clippers and Celtics were on the on that list. And that's funny because I'm a Lakers fan and I personally do not like those teams. But that just shows that if you're balling out, if you are playing at an elite level, running plays that transition on the offense and defensive floor, then what else can I say? I'm going to talk about you. I'm going to bring you up in a positive manner because that's what you deserve and that's that's boston this year boston obviously they're in the nba finals um because they took down miami and in this series they were so dominant on the defensive end there was two games where miami just couldn't even they couldn't scratch 90 they were like 80 84 one game 81 game it was really sad. They just could not buy a bucket. And especially with Tyler Hero missing three games and only playing seven minutes in game seven, the Miami Heat had a huge problem finding a primary score for them. Jimmy Buckets put on a show a couple of games. One game he dropped 47. Another game he dropped 30, um in the closeout game where they lost, he dropped 35. He played a great series, but... The Boston Boston Celtics were just the better team. Throughout that series, they averaged 105 points, 22 assists, 44 team rebounds, 5.8 steals, 6.6 blocks. And just as a whole, um, as a collective unit, the way they move the ball, uh, the way their bench comes in and plays with the same further and energy as their starting lineup, sometimes even more. Peyton Pritchard, Derek White, uh, Grant Williams, all very solid pieces for them. This Celtics team is historically good at defense. They're one of the best defensive teams historically. And they're going to make serious noise in the NBA Finals. And guess what? They already have... I wasn't going to do this at first, but I might as well. The Boston Celtics beat the Warriors in game one of the NBA finals. So the series is 1-0. Boston had an outstanding game on defense. The Warriors started off the game hot. Steph Curry had six threes in the first half. And I was a little confused off their defensive game plan because you could see that they're they're obviously sagging off on the three from Curry. And that's just something you don't do. Steph Curry is the best shooter of all time. But it maybe threw the Warriors for a loop because Steph was the only one going off. Clay only had 12 points or 15 points. I believe Andrew Wiggins had 18, but nobody else scratched 20 other than Curry. And on the Boston Celtics side of things, Derek White hit five threes off the bench, Al Horford hit six threes dropped 20 plus points we also know how much of a defensive anchor al horford is Jalen brown had a stretch where he single-handedly brought the celtics back into the game and was just hitting bucket after bucket playing solid on defensive well as well uh the boston celtics are just a very talented team all around and the way they're shutting down the Warriors on the perimeter and the way they're stopping them from getting easy buckets of paint like they're doing against the Dallas Mavericks, this is something that I brought up previously that I've just talked about, maybe not on this podcast, but just out and about, that the Boston Celtics have something that can stop the Golden State Warriors. And that's serious paint presence and understanding the Warriors' back cuts and understanding... Um, How to read the Warriors offense. Obviously, you can't stop every possession, but they have figured out how to limit those backdoor cuts with their elite inside defense. And personally, I just can't wait to see where this series goes. And again, this is not a a real overview, review, synopsis of game one. Because I'm going to make another podcast where I most likely go over game one, game two, and game three. Or maybe just game one and game two. I'm going to see how the things play out. But with all that said. uh, Yeah, that is my podcast for today, y'all. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Deuces.